Before now, mysteries had never been discussed or uncovered. But now, Contumacious Ant and Atreya are back for a second season. The M.O. Podcast. Hello and welcome all into the M.O. Podcast. As usual, you're here with me, Contumacious Ant, and my lovely co-host, Atreya. And today we are going to be talking about cryptids and urban legends and the myths that surround them. I'm going to be talking about the Chupacabra. And what are you going to be talking about, Atreya? I am going to be talking about Amphilius Moor. Sounds like a mouthful. Uh... <laughs> I uh, I told Dave that's what I was talking about. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, the French widow. I was like, uh, no, that's not what that is. It's that's like it's actually Scottish Gaelic. It's nothing remotely French. <laughs> it's actually the Grey Man of Ben McDivy. Ah, right. Now, now you've said it like that. I kind of uh, know who he is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> French yeah, widow. definitely. I mean, bless him. At least Love he had it. a guess. Uh... He, he did. It was a totally wrong guess. Even the wrong country, but it was it was a guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd call that taking an interest, but. Uh... <laughs> True. There you go. Uh, fine, then. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Intrigue us with uh, the French widow? Yeah, the French widow. <laughs> I mean, I think he was getting confused. Maybe it's with the Scottish widow, you know, the, the bank. <laughs> do you know what? That has actually it's just dropped for me there. Now, as soon as the French widow, then I was like, does he Scottish not mean widow. the advert with yeah. the... <laughs> yeah. With the woman, with the woman in the woman black, in black cape. Yeah, that's where he's getting confused. It's good effort, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, Amphia Leith Moore. I've probably said that totally wrong, but that is Scottish Gaelic for the Grey Man of Ben McDewey, which is the second highest mountain in the British Isles, and it's in the eastern highlands of Scotland in the Cairngorms. So, the legend is that People who walk up near the summit or passes around the summit um, hear these footsteps behind them. And they're always on their own. And every time they turn around, the footsteps stop. So um, it's quite well known in Scottish folklore. Um, Apparently, the, the very, very few people that have actually turned around and seen whatever is following them have seen a very tall figure. Uh, covered in short hair with an ape-like head. Or a 10-foot-tall humanoid, which is olive-skinned with long arms. I feel like those two are very different things to see. Yeah, and I feel like they're both not native to the Highlands. Uh, I kind of read it and I was like, oh, okay, so they're seeing Slenderman, basically. And then I was like, so one is seeing a giant monkey and the other is basically seeing a tanned alien. It's like... Those are so different. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very different. Apparently, people can hear the sound of footsteps and it's always in gravel and it's always just out of sight. And actually, the the summits of the mountain is basically like all loose rocks. So if somebody was walking behind you, it probably would sound like loose gravel. Some people have heard a deep voice speaking in Gaelic. But no matter what anybody's seen or heard, they've always, on every account, been accompanied by a feeling of unease or apprehension or just sheer shitty pants terror. 
um, people have actually taken photos of some of the footprints that they found that they thought were following them, but there's never been anything like decisive come from these footprints. And actually the sightings date back as far as 1791. However, the very first recorded sighting was by this bloke who was actually a really well thought of uh, climber. And he was called J. Norman Colley. And this happened to him in 1891, but he actually didn't report it until uh, 1925 when he was like he was just starting out in 1891 and by 1925 he was quite well known in his field and he was quite well respected so I think he kind of he he didn't want to tell anybody about it when it had first happened because he was kind of working his way up to getting he wanted to at least have his foot in the door kind of thing yeah so he he was climbing the mountain and he said um I began to think I heard something else than my own footsteps It was as if someone was walking behind me, but taking steps that were three or four times the length of my own. He then said he was seized with terror and he fled. As you would. He didn't see anything, so he ran away. Yeah. I mean, if he's taking steps three or four times more than his own, surely he would have been caught up to quite fast. (laughs) No. Well, yeah. You would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know... They were really far behind. And he had really, he had good, really good hearing. hearing. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. <laughs> so he was really well respected. So that is like the, that is the most famous account. And it is quite a detailed account as well. Like I've just summarised because um, it's all quite in-depth. But um, in 1904, there was another climber called Hugh D. Welsh. Who, f- who heard an unexplained slurring sound in footsteps behind him near the summit. Didn't mention anything else on that. That was as far as that went. Then you okay. had 1945, there was a Peter Densham, who was a, a mountaineer and he was a rescue worker. He heard a crunching noise behind him. I mean, th- that's as far as, as much as we get with that one. <laughs> these are really in-depth these ones aren't they Jeez. in 1948 we've got a Richard Frere who was also a climber and he said, he said he felt a sense of a presence utterly abstract but intensely real and he heard a high singing note 1958 we had Alexander Tunian who was a naturalist he was quite a famous naturalist as well He saw a swirling mist at the summit that enveloped the mountain. There was a dark, oppressive atmosphere. There was loud footsteps and a strange shape actually charged at him. He shot it three times. It did absolutely bot all. And so he ran away. Um... (laughs) Is he he not just describing like a landslide? Possibly. (laughs) Because there's a swirling, swirling mist and then something's coming towards him in the dark Fog, it's it? just yeah <laughs> so um the man i mentioned before richard frere the climber people after he spoke about his experience up there people came to him with their experiences so this um un- unknown man um in the 1940s had reported to richard frere that he'd been camping close to the summit and he heard movement outside his tent and when he unzipped his tent and went out to have a look, 
he saw a large, broad-shouldered, brownish humanoid, 20 feet tall, which circled the camp and then walked away. That's very different from 10 feet tall, I'm just saying. Well, it's, it's, it's twice the size. Um, that's that's yes. just maths right there. Uh, yes. Okay. It's a big, big difference. So I also found this um, this other well-respected sighting, which was by a man called Alexander Callas. He was a chemist and he was a mountaineer and he was with his brother on the mountain and they were looking for crystals. Something to do with chemistry, I guess, maybe? <laughs> Okay. Uh, crystals, as in, like... <laughs> as in, like, mountain crystals? Okay. That's, uh, yeah. I guess. Okay, I don't so, know. Right. I don't know what other kind of crystals are on a mountain, to be honest. Uh, healing crystals? <laughs> I kind of... I, I know he was quite, like, well-respected, but I kind of read it and thought, huh. Not anymore. <laughs> Sounds like he runs a hippie shop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he have a bong with him as well? <laughs> Well, him and his brother apparently noticed a large figure approaching them before disappearing. So then we had an unsighted sighting. Nobody knows where it came from, but um, and it was it wasn't on the mountain, but apparently in the forests near Aberdeen, there's a lot of the same sightings and the same sounds. So the theory is that this thing, whatever it is, kind of moves like. I don't know, maybe it just decides that the mountain's a day thing and it quite fancies hiking. And then on on a night, it goes back home to the forest. But um, anyway, there was these three men um, and they were in a forest near Aberdeen and they saw a large creature that looked like a man. (laughs) So is it a creature or is it a man? (laughs) (laughs) That chased their car trying to get in. And they were going at speeds of 45 miles an hour. I mean, Aberdeen, though, innit? Really? <laughs> I mean, unless it was Usain Bolt. Who's getting in there? Who can run at 45 mile an hour? <laughs> I mean, maybe they had McEwen's in the, in the back of the car. and. Uh... <laughs> or maybe it was a skateboarder that had just hooked onto the back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I mean, <McFly> in it. <laughs> yeah, my friends used to do that at college all the time. So this this one is my favourite, though, okay? This was the very first... This guy was a poet, right? And he wrote a poem about his experience. And it wasn't oh, like... Is it, it wasn't, terrible? <laughs> well, it's... To be honest, it was, a, it was a pretty crappy poem. But it wasn't recorded as... Um, an official sighting because he just kind of covered it under the guise of a poem. So too much this... rhyming. This isn't real. <laughs> too much rhyming was, in it. There wasn't even any rhyming. Oh, it's one of them poems. It's one of those. Exactly. It doesn't rhyme. Limerick. Anything other than a limerick for me is not poetry. <sighs> Dr. Zeus so... will be turning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, he was called James Hogg. And this was 1791. So this was quite substantially before um, J. Norman Colley's sighting. So this guy, he was a poet that was tending sheep. So I guess work was hard. So, so yeah. so <laughs> No one was buying his poems, so he had to tend sheep. Why, why, why wasn't so... he a shepherd who's a poet in his spare time? <laughs> You'd think that would make more yeah. sense, right? What pays the bills, mate? So he... <laughs> so he was tending sheep. Right. 
and he saw this creature um, when he looked around. And it was 30 feet high. So we're getting bigger. Jesus wept. It was 30 feet high, right? And um, he was absolutely shit your pants terrified and he ran away. And then the next day he went back up to check on his sheep, which he just basically just left, left him. To, right. to die. Yeah. Um, he went up. The sheep were all just like chewing grass. Like, I don't know what the fuss is about, really, dickhead. <laughs> and um, he saw the same shadow again. And then he noticed that when he raised his hand, that the creature raised its hand. And when he took his hat off, the creature took its hat it's off. Got a hat now. And he realized that actually it was just his shadow the whole time. And you, are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> it was just his shadow. No wonder he's not so... making any money selling poetry. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what? Oh, can he even write? <laughs> I love, but at least he was honest. At least he didn't. He, well, he wasn't like, oh, yeah, I saw this massive creature up on Ben McDewey and uh, it, it, it came at me and the sheep and it was it was horrifying. At least he was like, and then it turned out to be my shadow. It's, it sounds like a pub story, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You'd think as he was running away, he'd be shitting himself because it was chasing him. He's in running essence. after him. <laughs> He's coming yes. after me. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So that kind of, um, it, it gives an explanation so there's this thing right it's it's an optical illusion that's quite well known and it's called broken specter and it's an optical illusion and when the sun is at a a particular angle it kind of shines on the cloud and in certain atmospheric conditions basically the person's shadow is cast onto a cloud bank around them and it basically acts like a projector, so it makes their own shadow this extra large thing that looks like it's a creature like near them. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's just their shadow. So basically a lot of people were saying that James Hogg kinda had it right that everybody who's seeing this thing is is just basically seeing their shadow. But given that a lot of people don't see anything, they just hear these footsteps. That doesn't explain the footsteps. So then we have um, explanations like exhaustion, which causes hallucination. Lack of oxygen, you're up really high. Yeah. You've got oxygen deprivation. You're hallucinating, you're hearing things. Isolation, you know, when you, you, your brain, you, you're sens- sensory deprived and your brain starts conjuring things up to make it seem like you're less alone. Yeah. Then you've got, um, you know, the the infrasound thing that they tried to explain uh, the Dyatlov Pass yeah, incident yeah. off as. So you've got that. So when the, the infrasound created by, you know, wind passing through the mountains enters your brain, it affects your brain, it causes hallucinations, it causes paranoia. So some people were saying that it could be, it could be that. Um, the footprints that people found uh, can be alleged to precipitation. I'm not sure how precipitation forms. How, how heavy? How heavy is the rain? <laughs> yeah, um, but as far as the like footfalls and the, the footsteps go, so because the temperature is constantly fluctuating on the mountain, it causes the ice and, and rocks to split and crack, which causes some to become dislodged, and then they, you know they fall down the mountain. And as the little rocks are falling down the mountain, it could sound like footsteps. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you've got the fringe people who um, say that this... Your lot. <laughs> My lot, yes. <sighs> My... Good friends of mine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the fringe... My fringe people <laughs> who say that um, the grey man is actually the missing link. Oh, God, um, of course. He's an undiscovered species. I mean, J. Norman Collie himself was apparently, supposedly, uh, an occult believer. Um, he was quite heavily into the occult. And then apparently there's this group called the Aetherius Society. Have you heard of them? No. Well, they're they're one of those, you know. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. I don't even need to explain. Just one no. of those. We we all know what mm-hmm. you mean. And crystals. They, yeah, they're they're one of those, and they think you know. You, like, you ever seen Dude Where's My Car? You know the people that dress in bubble wrap and they go Zoltan. <laughs> It's, I always think it's them. <laughs> it's like them. <laughs> um, well, the Aetherius Society believe that one of the major alien spacecraft bases is inside Ben McDewey and all of these sightings are actually aliens. Of course. Of course, I mean... Just like to follow hikers for the crack. Yeah, why not? I mean, they've, they've, they've got to get their exercise in. Even during lockdown, you get one a day. <laughs> you do? I mean... <laughs> Aliens will have to do it as well at some point. Uh, and if they're not shape-shifting lizards and they're living in Ben McDee, you know, they've got to... Uh... So there, there is a lot of theories. I would like to think that there's some kind of ghost. I know, I think there was um, some kind of folklore tale that um, Scottish families used to tell their kids about a giant um, that got killed in the in the mountains or something and his ghost is haunting the... The, the mountain summit that would be amazing like that's a proper cool story um but it's likely that it's probably rock falls and optical illusions and stuff but it would be fucking awesome if it was a giant ghost <laughs> especially if it was a 30 foot giant giant ghost wearing a hat it, yeah yeah i mean also it could just like just be scotch mist you know because it's quite common up there mist and then you know <laughs> with the with the whole is. the whole temperature changing that's kind of what creates mist and then you've got precip- precipitation there which can be attributing but then how do you explain the same sightings and um footsteps in the forest so that's the, that's the only bit that like for me is like mm, okay so it's a, like they kind of compare the gray man to be like scotland's yeti because it's in the forest like Bigfoot and it's in the mountains like the Yeti and it's I I don't know like I can ex- I can understand the the rock falls on that in the on the mountain and the mist on the mountain but I can't understand it in the forest and also you think these people who like saw this creature attached to their car chasing them for 45 at 45 mile an hour surely they'd be able to recognize if it was a bloke get a decent look at it (laughs) yeah if it was a bloke they'd be like this weird bloke just chased our car when it was going 45 mile an hour maybe his tie was stuck in the window or something in the door and (laughs) they were just dragging a dead body somebody had played a prank and super glued his hand to the car yeah i mean i think that one may be a little bit made up (laughs) there really uh i think they'd all been hitting the whiskey a bit hard yeah, yeah, amongst <laughs> other things. Uh, 
But there you go. There's a bit of Scottish folklore for you. Well, that was. I'd never uh, heard about that one before. So. I think I think it's. I seem to be when you when you've said it. I seem to be getting. I mean, I know it's Hound of the Baskervilles, but Sherlock Holmes kind of vibe from it. Yeah, I think Arthur Conan Doyle did actually write a, a story similar to to this. I'm yeah, sure I read that in my research. He was, he did write a story about it. I think I think I remember seeing the uh, the, a film version of it maybe because I remember the the mist and the the footsteps and turning round. I think it was with the I think it was with Sherlock Holmes actually. Probably was the uh, you know the old school actor was called Albert Alfred. I can't anyway. remember. Anyway. I feel like I, sh- I should have I should have looked into it though. I do have the complete works of Sherlock Holmes. I should probably well not the complete works of Sherlock Holmes, but the complete stories of Sherlock Holmes. And I I, I didn't even think to look to be honest. No no no. I mean it just it just something. I remember seeing something years ago about it. Uh, yeah. And it and it's kind of that kind of vibe as well. But Hound of the Baskervilles is that kind of vibe as well. Up on the moors with something yeah. following you kind of thing and uh, and the Dartmouth Perry yeah, hands and the, it and the uh, the three crowns of East Anglia that's all the kind of same thing isn't it it's on yeah. it's like on the mountains in the mist and England will fall and all that kind of stuff yeah I think uh, it's just stories that they uh, tell the children yeah but, but you never know. There could be a uh, a grey man up on uh, up in them their hills and forests. Yeah, but it's not. Luckily, I will never make it up there because there's a slight incline from my house to the pub, and I'm knackered by the time I get there. So there's absolutely no way I'm going to make it up a mountain, especially not the second highest in the British Isles. I got no chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not agreeing with you, but. I can't really end that sentence, so... Uh... <laughs> so Chupacabra, you say? Chupacabra, yes. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, this... I don't know why I'm so fascinated with it, but it, it's just... I don't know, there's something about it. Anyway, so... The... They're so cute. Yeah. So this in the, in in the cryptid world, this is kind of the new kid on the block. This is uh, it was only it was only first reported in 1995, really, and yeah, that was kind of the first the first report of it was in 1995. It's the attacks uh, attributed in I think 1978 in Mexico to the chupacabra, but. The word chupacabra, which means goat sucker in Spanish, which uh, I, d- I don't know why it sucks off goats, but there you go. It's one of them. Maybe it wasn't a goat. Maybe it's an old goat, that kind of sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's just a lonely farmer. Uh, but yeah, so the 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 word chupacabra means goat sucker and and that's attributed to the fact that it actually killed farm animals and it would suck their blood there was in in most of the deaths are uh, the the deaths of the animals that were found there was puncture marks in these animals and uh and uh, it was a Puerto Rican comedian who actually came up with the name chupacabra and he's that's attributed <laughs> to him 
I don't have his name, so I'm very sorry. I should have wrote that down. Uh, so, in March of 1995, in Puerto Rico, uh, eight sheep were found dead with puncture marks in their chest, and they were apparently drained of all blood. Now, later on in August of 1995, Madeline Dolientino claimed that she saw the beast in her hometown in Puerto Rico of Canovanas. And she went on to describe what was what she said was a three foot high bipedal creature with spines protruding from its back. Right. And now just to note that there are actually two types of chupacabra. Uh, one is a reptilian. Here we go again. <laughs> you fucking love these reptiles. <laughs> So the, the, the reptilian ones, which is which have the, the spines coming out of the back, they're bipedal, uh, they're not human-like, but they, they walk upright kind of thing. And, and these appear, these are where the first reports came from. These were attributed to these kind. And then there's a the second kind, which is they're dog-like. They also go by the name Texas Blue Dogs. Yeah, those are the ones I've seen. Yeah, so they're they're pretty much canine, and yeah, they're, they're dogs, wild dogs, basically. But they don't really have a genus, so they're kind of been lumped in. In pure Puerto Rico, there were a hundred and fifty farm animals and pets reported to be killed and bled dry, which is when Madeline saw this this creature. Now, the mayor of Canovanas, Jose Ramon Soto Riviera, or as he's locally known, Kimo Soto. <laughs> don't know why. Don't know why, but that's how he's known. Because he saw the Lone he, Ranger and was like, I want to be like Kimasabi, but my own thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he was the mayor and he organised um, gr- local groups to patrol the areas and he would be seen on the back of a truck and the back of a flatbed with a shotgun what, can marshalling you ima- all these troops. Can you imagine if Sadiq Khan decided to do that? The thing is, as well, is that he, he's, he was the one of the longest serving mayors in Puerto Rico because... Because he was fucking cool. In two, I think, <laughs> was it 2012? He was, he was, he got in in 1992... And I think in 2012, he was succeeded by his daughter and he was going to retire, but now he wants to run for Senate uh, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so he's still going and he's still kicking. But yeah, he'd be marshalling these troops with a shotgun, like, let's get the chupacabras. <laughs> why did they not... Why was there not their first thought, like, puncture wounds and it's drained of blood? Oh my God, we've been set on by vampires. Why was that not a thing? I, d- I don't really know, to be honest with you. Maybe they didn't kind of have vampires i mean what year did you say this was 1995 well then yeah they definitely had vampires i mean but they straight away were like what could this be like i would definitely go vampires or aliens i think more that they went a lot more with madeline's kind of uh, uh, description of it and they went why, why would she tell a lie uh, but this was after she saw that though. so yeah so this was after uh, when when all, all this happened so this was in August of 1995 the first one the first 
incident happened in March of 1995 and there was eight sheep and they just had puncture marks on their chest and they were drained of blood and they didn't see anything happening in the local area. There's not that many predators that would have made these kind of marks kind of thing. And then August, six months later, this woman has seen this creature and then 150 animals are dead with the same kind of thing. So they've just gone, oh, well, it's got to be this because it can't be any other thing in the world. 150 animals, though. Allegedly, there's not really much. So then much. if they're saying that it was like, if if it was a chupacabra, then it would have to be a pack. Unless it's just one really, really hungry yeah. chupacabra. Well, yeah, you see, they didn't actually know what it was. They've just, they're just going off this, this eyewitness yeah. account of it so i mean i don't blame the mayor for getting on the back of his truck uh and, and rallying the troops as it was uh but but yeah we uh we'll, we'll, we'll get to but why okay and how of all that is uh it's a bit questionable let's say uh, <laughs> okay. and then in in the early 2000s there was a spate of sightings in the south of the USA, mainly in Texas and New Mexico, and in Mexico itself. And this was the blue dog version. Now, this is probably ones that you've all kind of seen the the videos because it's been caught on video quite quite a lot. So it's described as a hairless dog-like creature with three toes and a pronounced overbite. Hmm. It's been responsible for farm killings and again draining the blood uh the texas variety has been filmed and there have been bodies have been sent off and tested there was one uh one couple that i did see and like they pop up on local news in america and uh, one couple did see and kind of kept a baby chupacabra in a cage Okay. Yeah, and uh, they're filming it and talking about it, and it's just it's just a coyote in a cage, really. <laughs> Aww. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I say, there's bodies that have been found, and they have actually been tested. The majority of the tests, they've actually found that it's a coyote or coyote and a wolf, maybe a dog hybrid. There's there's nothing to say that this is this is a new animal it's just something out there now the reason why people think it's a different kind of thing is because all these sightings the coyotes have had mange right so they've had mange which is it's for humans it's fine it's not that bad of a thing you just get a little rash a little scratch but for dogs it can be fatal uh, canine animals it can be fatal what it is is it's like mites burrowing into the top layer of skin Ooh. and yeah so that so you basically you start itching and you start itching and itching and if you're a dog well i mean i don't know i can't speak for dogs but with a dog it's got hair so if they're scratching their hair's gonna come out because they're scratching the hair yeah and a lot of these chupacabras have been have got hair loss and they're bald or nearly bald and because of the mite the mite gets under the skin it causes the skin to 
turn either red or black. Oh. So when you see a dog or what you imagine a coyote to be, when you see a chupacabra in these videos, it's it's something that's completely different yeah. to what you would imagine. So, I mean, you can kind of get assume that this is where these people who have found them, who have found the bodies, who have seen these things, they're not used to seeing it. It's something different. So why not go and call it a, a chupacabra? A goat sucker. Yeah. I mean, with that as well, it's quite easy to explain away. Uh, most predators, like most canine predators, will bite the neck of their prey to either break the neck or incapacitate it. Mm-hmm. And the prey actually dies of internal bleeding. So that's probably where they get the puncture marks from because the canines have gone in and broke the neck. And then just left it and not ripped the corpse up, though. Well, yeah, because sometimes just get bloodlust. I've seen dogs get bloodlust and it's not nice. What, and just dra- and drain it dry? This is the thing. How do they manage they that? don't actually drain it dry. So because of something called lividity which yeah basically what happens when something dies or within half an hour to an hour of the heart stopping all the blood will start sinking to the lowest point on the body yeah so let's say if it's a sheep and it's died on its left hand side it's lay on the floor on its left hand side after it's died, all the blood will pour down onto the left-hand side. Yeah, got you. So if you're a farmer and you come across and cut the right-hand side open, which is this side that's exposed to you that you can see, and there's no blood in there, then you'd be going, and you see puncture marks. Yeah. You're going to go, but it's actually just all vampires. The, yeah, gravity's pulled it all down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, and then you. they've they've rather than correct the story and go. You know what? It's me. I'm a dickhead because <laughs> it's not my shadow, but uh, they just go with go with that and say. Uh, so that's how you can easily explain that away. Now to explain away the the Puerto Rico, the reptile kind of uh, version of it. 1995, uh, the film Species came out. <laughs> and You're going to do the Roswell thing, aren't you? Where everyone fucking had the whole thing where they were like, I saw spaceships flying over Roswell. And the police were like, no, you didn't. There was just loads of movies out at the time about spaceships. And your imagination played tricks on you. Are you going to do that thing? I mean, I don't need to now. Because you've done it. But <laughs> in 1995, the film Species came out. And if anyone remembers it, uh, it had Natasha Hendrickson in it, in which she got her boobs out. Apart from that, I don't remember it. But wow. the way that uh, Madeline described the actual Chupacabra was the way that Natasha Hendrickson's character appeared in the film down to the spikes coming out of the back. Uh, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe. But 
you're, you're saying she saw the movie and she'd be tripping. She, she, she actually did admit to seeing the movie a, a week before she had this sighting. In, in fairness, in fairness, Jurassic Park came out in 1990 and The Lost World came out in 1995. And I do remember, although it deals with Costa Rica, I do remember that there's, I think it's in The Lost World, which I, I just can't remember. I couldn't find it uh, to be able to say. But I do, I do remember that there's a, there's a lizard that, that goes into a maternity ward and it's it's like literally the first couple of pages of the book and it starts eating a baby and yeah Oof. yeah and, the, and the, the midwife comes in and sees it and there's kind of a they say it's a local thing obviously it's dinosaurs coming from the island but they kind of say it's a local thing and and they put it down to cot death but it happens quite a lot and I think it's kind of one of them that it's 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 as well being described in these these places, and you kind of go, oh, maybe maybe I could have. All this time, if people had just been more observant to realise that cot death had been caused by dinosaurs breaking into their children's rooms at night. Exactly, so exactly. I mean, Hammond's <laughs> got a lot to answer for. <laughs> That was my first thought, though, when you said that the the reptile one, and you said that they had like three claws and an, a pronounced overbite. My very first thought was, well, it was probably a dinosaur. Oh right? yeah, it it definitely wasn't a coyote with mange. It was most definitely likely Indeed, old school dinosaur. dinosaur. But alas, yeah. If it was a really little one, it could have been Struthiomimus, though, because that's a little bit like that. But it it's pretty dinky. It's not very scary. Unless you're the guy in Jurassic Park who died in the river after being eaten alive by them. Dennis Nerdy. Yes. The computer guy, yeah. Yes, he deserved it. Well, he did. He was a, he was a right he one. He was, uh, he was a right one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with with Costa Rica, uh, Puerto Rico as well, I mean, fair enough. There's there's a massive variety of habitats on the island, and it's it's so diverse with the plant life and the animal species. There's there's species that are found nowhere on Earth, only there. So there could be a, a an animal, a creature that we do not know about uh, there. A dinosaur. Dinosaur. It could be, but there's not any mammals on the island, so. I think that's except for the dinosaurs. Well, exactly, but they're not mammals, so. Oh well, they don't count. Yeah, so I think that's. I don't know if that's why it was described as reptilian, because there are no native mammals there. But she basically saw the film Species and then went, "Yeah, that's happening. I've seen that with my own eyes." Uh. <laughs> You don't know what she saw. You weren't there. You don't eat her cereal. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. I can only go off on the facts that are in front of me. And uh, I want to believe she saw a dinosaur. It would be cool, uh, but and or a chupacabra. Well, it would be cooler if chupacabras were dinosaurs. Maybe, maybe that's what they all did back in the Jurassic Age. Just sucked off goats. Uh... <laughs> Well, the goats had the last laugh, didn't they? Because they're still going well, now. Well, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> suck me off now, dinosaur. Uh, 
Now there's a phrase I'd never thought I'd use. <laughs> T-Rex comes out of the uh, out of the shadows like, well, if you insist. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not true. There is. I don't really believe there's such a thing as chupacabras. They're they're easily explained away. To be honest. Uh, I mean that the the coyotes with with mange are clearly you can actually see and you they look canine in the videos and it's just because. Do you see that police video though, where the police like said that they caught video like dash cam footage of a chupacabra? Hmm. They chased it down the road. That doesn't look like a dog or a coyote. It doesn't. It it just. It looks like one of them devil dogs that a devil may cry. It doesn't look like a dog or a coyote. Now, I I mean, I'm the first to put my hands up and say I, I don't like dogs, but I know what a dog looks like and it looks like a fucking dog. I'm sorry, but it's, 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 it's bounding a lot. Well, not bounding, but it's walking like a dog. If it walks like a dog, barks like a dog, <laughs> call it a chupacabra. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm gonna do. Did a chupacabra or a dinosaur? I'm not gonna say it's a dog. Well, did you? I mean, did you hear the the police officers speak? I didn't, to be honest. Well, I think that's where you're missing out then. And once you hear them speak, you'll go. Oh, that's probably why they thought it was a chupacabra. Hmm. Oh, were they high? No, they were like fucking cousin Merle. Oh, hills have eyes. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Oh, right, okay. I mean, I don't think they had six teeth between them. <laughs> They had more, more like fingers the, uh... than they had teeth. <laughs> Sounds like the mechanics that usually repair my car for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the canny guys, but they wear dungarees, hats, oh, and uh, they only have six, six teeth between them. But they're cheap, so I keep going back. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, they don't, don't go to the dentist, do they? So they don't, <laughs> don't have them bills. Uh... So you don't believe in Chupacabra? Is that not, what you're saying? No. Yeah, not in the, not in the, I mean, I mean, no. dogs aren't bipedal. Yeah, but in that video, that wasn't bipedal. No, but plenty of people have, there have been plenty of sightings and eyewitness accounts of bipedal chupacabras. Uh, I mean, dogs can go on their back legs, but usually only if there's some kind of treat in it for them. Uh, I've never seen one like just walk down the road cash like it's getting the paper. On two legs. <laughs> I mean, no, obviously, uh, unless it's Scooby Doo. Me, me and my uh, people would like to represent the Chupacabra right now. Yeah, uh, I'd love, I'd love to believe that there's the uh, there's there's some kind of uh, unknown animal out there in Puerto Rico that's. I really don't want to say sucking off goats again, but. <laughs> Uh, Those goats never knew how good they are exactly. until they came along. Yeah, uh, the goats pre nineteen ninety five were like they were so sad, depressed all the time. Now goats are full of life. That's it. They got it good. They're like hell boy, yeah, we're goats and we love it. It's so chill now. I mean, Jesus, yeah. they were butting everything. Pre ninety five, <laughs> they were butting everything, eating garbage cans. It was it was a yeah. mess out there. Now they're, now they're just on their like, backs, yay. leg crossed, fagging their mouth. Yeah, cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to believe that there's something out there like that, but I feel like the chupacabras are the victims in this, really. Yeah, I mean, well, 
they're, they're basically sex slaves. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's... What... Unless they do it for fun. Does anyone? <laughs> uh, well, there you go, you see. Uh... It's usually only the premise of somebody else doing the hoovering. It's uh... <laughs> For yeah, that, right? Yeah, it's uh, that's 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 what it is. Give and take. Do goats need yeah. Maybe, maybe. Give and take. All right, okay. No, no. <laughs> anyway, uh... right. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you still do the own, do your own laundry. Yeah, well, I've had my ribs removed, haven't I? So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> doing a prince up in here. Uh... Oh lordy, there's an image that will ah. keep me up at night, and not in a good oh, way. Oh, I don't even like touching it. I'd never put one in my mouth. Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we seem to have digressed a little bit here. We have. Sorry, uh, it's my fault. It's filth. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, no, they're they're coyotes with <laughs> mange. Mange. Thank God I said that, and not minge. Jesus. <laughs> He's getting edited. Uh, oh, one track mind. Coyotes with mange. <laughs> now I'm now I'm gonna say it. <laughs> My brain is like, ah. Oh. oh, it's such a hard word to, to when you've got it in your mind already, uh-huh. and you're like, hmm, yeah. Uh huh. They've got a skin condition. These coyotes and uh, <laughs> causes yes. them to be. Hairless. I don't. I don't yeah. even know. It's just demon tundras <laughs> everywhere now. <sighs> right. Oh, it's like Bridget Jones, isn't it? Where she's trying her hardest to call Mister Fitzherbert, Mister Fitzherbert, but she can't stop thinking that it's Mister Tits Pervert, Mister Tits Pervert. It's like that, isn't it? Once it gets in yeah. your head, that's it. You can't yeah. not think about it. Yeah, it's right. <clears throat> And relax, right. I feel like a goat now. Uh, <laughs> you fucking wish. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I've not felt like a goat for ten years. Uh, Need to get yourself to Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, oh lordy. God. I need a drink. Right, yeah. So two disproven cryptids then. Yeah, neither of them exist. So what are we doing next week then? We are talking about the paranormal. Indeed, that do-do-do music. Yeah. Uh, And what will you be talking about? I am going to be talking about one of my favorite paranormal stories that i actually only heard about recently even though apparently it's been a thing for like forever and it's the ghost of flight 401 oh okay mm-hmm. very interesting hmm, i've not heard about that it's good it's good shit it's good shit yeah yeah what are you gonna be doing i'm gonna be talking about the rendlesham forest incident hmm yeah, so talking about aliens and stuff. It all happens in Suffolk over here, doesn't it? And well, I mean, Suffolk yeah. and Cannock bloody chase. That's a... Never out else happens anywhere. <laughs> anywhere, well, 
Yeah, they tried to I'm make it, but it's all disproved <laughs> uh, by us. See, well, yeah, <laughs> we're just too good at what we do. That, that, this is the problem. That's that's exactly what it is. To be perfectly honest, by the end of next week's episode, probably the Rendlesham police are going to be ringing you and going, "Do you have any idea what you've done to our tourist industry right now?" Oh, we're yeah. in it. God. Well, I mean, at least we've helped Puerto Rico's tourist industry on this on this episode because all them them sex tourists will be flying over there right now, <laughs> pushing them goats asking out the, goats. the way. <laughs> yes, asking the goats where the best blowies <laughs> are. That's the good stuff around here. <laughs> You're welcome, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And on like that and subscribe. Bombshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it helps the yeah. algorithm. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that bombshell. Uh, yes. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And we shall hopefully see you next time. I have been Contumacious Anne. And I have been a traitor. Thank you so much. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast.